Thank you for joining us around the fire. For more information or to make a donation, please visit randomactsnetwork.com. Now, want to hear a scary story? The laughter of her friends echoed in the chilly night air as Sally hugged them one by one, feeling the warmth of their bodies against her own. Their evening had been filled with delectable food and drinks that slid down her throat like liquid gold. Her tummy was full, she was a little tipsy, and suddenly exhausted. Are you sure you don't want us to call you a cab? Tina asked with furrowed brows her breath visible as she spoke from the porch. No, I'll be fine, Sally reassured her, a confident smile plastered to her face. It's not even 20 minutes on the subway, and they've got security walking around. In reality, Sally didn't feel as confident as she sounded, but she didn't want to trouble her friends any further, nor could she afford the expense of a cab. All right, if you say so, Tina replied hesitantly, still not entirely convinced. Just call me when you get home, okay? I'm staying up until I hear from you. Will do, Sally promised, offering a final wave before turning towards the direction of the train station. The shadows cast by the towering buildings loomed over her as she navigated the maze of empty streets. Sally would never get used to the way one could find themselves in another world entirely, just a stop or two away from home. She quickened her pace as the icy wind howled through the concrete canyons, the only sound at all aside from her heels taking turns against the pavement. Rounding a corner, Sally caught sight of the familiar entrance to the subway station. Grimacing, she descended the steps into the bowels of the underground. As she reached into her bag for the train pass, she found herself talking aloud. Just a few stops, she told herself. I'll just wait by security until the train arrives. The flickering fluorescent lights cast distorted shadows across the platform, and as she got closer, Sally's heart sank. The security office, her only source of comfort, was empty and dark before her. Where are they? Sally wondered, her heart pounding in her ears. She glanced around, anxious to appear calm and cool in case any strange eyes were following her. Yet, she saw nothing but the vacant benches and glowing ticket machines and clusters of trash and papers decorating the ground. She scanned her pass and went through the gates, which elicited a two-tone sound of acknowledgement that echoed through the empty station. As she reached the escalators, she found that they had been turned off, so she hurried down the stairs two at a time, reaching the empty platform in seconds and glancing around once again for any sign of the security officer. But there was no one. Nothing. Even the screens which displayed train arrival times were blank. Maybe Tina was right. Sally admitted silently, regretting her quick dismissal when her friend expressed concern. She glanced at her watch, counting the seconds as they ticked by, 
each one stretching on for an eternity. A sudden gust of wind swept through the station, creating a blizzard of loose debris and nearly snatching Sally's spirit from her body entirely. Then her terror gave way to relief, which in turn morphed into disappointment as she realized the arriving train was headed in the opposite direction. Sally hugged herself, trying in vain to shake off the chill that seemed to emanate from within. As she waited, her eyes darted around nervously, searching for the approaching train as the other continued on its way, with no sign of anyone in its green windows at all. She hadn't even noticed an operator in the front car. In the distance, she caught a glimpse of movement, and after allowing her eyes to focus on the faraway shadows, she spotted a figure at the other end of the platform. The dark, hulking shape swayed side to side as it moved forward slowly, and for a moment, Sally considered that the shadows themselves had come to life before her. The figure grew nearer and nearer, slowly shuffling and swaying along, and still with no discernible features. Sally's breath caught in her throat as she considered heading back upstairs for security, but she didn't want a chance missing the train. She clenched her fists tightly as beads of sweat formed on her brow. With a quick glance, she confirmed that the shadow was getting closer and closer. Then, a distant rumble tickled Sally's ears, and she eagerly looked into the tunnel at the headlights speeding toward her like a shooting star. Looking back, she saw the mysterious figure was only a few hundred feet away and was coming directly for her. Come on, come on, come on, she said, watching the gleaming silver cars grow closer and closer. Suddenly, the dark figure was directly beside her, and she screamed, hurling herself into the nearest train car just as the door slid open with a deafening hiss. You got a dollar? A raspy voice asked from behind her. Startled, Sally whirled back around to find herself face to face with a disheveled woman buried inside of a massive, tattered coat, with its large hood pulled over her matted hair in protection. Sorry, dear. Didn't mean to scare you. With shaking hands, she fumbled through her bag for a few singles. Uh, yeah, she stammered, trying to force a polite laugh that presented more as a choking grunt. Don't worry about it. I, I'm just a little jumpy, I guess. Thank you, dear. The woman took Sally's offering gratefully and shared a sweet smile in return. You get home safe now. With another hiss, the door between them closed, and the train jolted back into movement. Sally sighed in relief as the exterior became a blur of flickering lights and reflections and shadows and settled into a seat nearby. Like the station, the car was empty, as were the ones in front of and behind her from what she could see. She may have been the only passenger on the entire train. Just four stops, she thought, counting down in her head as the train rattled along the tracks. I'll be in bed before I know it. The screech of the train pulling into the next station split the air, drowning out the rhythm of its wheels on the tracks. The doors slid open to admit a trio of young men in messy suits, 
their laughter and slurred speech announcing their arrival before they even staggered into view. They lurched through the doors, arms wrapped around each other for support, practically carrying the man in the middle who could barely stand. Look at this guy, one of them hooted, his words thick with drunken mirth. He seemed to be missing his necktie. Can't handle his liquor. Easy, man, said the other one doing the lifting. Though he still wore a tie, this fellow had accessorized his dress shirt with a few dark stains, and the pant of his right leg was tucked into his sock. The man in the middle sat limp as his eyes rolled wildly in their sockets, then locked onto Sally with a sudden intensity that made her blood run cold. Panic clawed at her, but she refused to let it take hold. Instead, she pulled a novel from her bag, burying her face between its pages in an effort to escape his gaze. Don't let us bother you, miss, No Necktie said with a sheepish grin. He's just had a bit too much. Sally tried to focus on the words in front of her, but found herself unable to make sense of the jumble of letters, her eyes scanning over the same line over and over, comprehending nothing. Shouldn't have let him drink so much, the other muttered, shaking his head. But I guess that's how we learn, right? Sally risked a glance up from her book, relieved to find the man in the middle had nestled his head onto the shoulder of the man beside him. He had passed out, and though she was still thoroughly uncomfortable, Sally couldn't help but find it humorous to see a trio of grown men practically cuddling together in public. The subway train came to a stop at the next station, and the man in the stained shirt gently lifted his friend's flaccid head towards the other. Sorry, buddy, this is me. You good to take care of him? Of course, No Necktie responded, grinning again with a flashing glance in Sally's direction. See you later. As the car jolted into movement once again, the book slipped from Sally's grasp, landing on the floor directly in front of the pair. She quickly stood and plucked it up from the floor, wiping away the mysterious fuzz that now stuck to its cover. Sorry, excuse me, she mumbled, shifting back to her spot. Though she was tempted to find another seat further away, she didn't want to draw any extra attention from the men. You ever drink too much? The conscious man asked Sally. She had no desire to respond, but couldn't risk escalation. Don't underestimate the anger of a man ignored, Tina often reminded her. No, not really, she said meekly. I don't mean to be rude, but I'm really close to finishing my book. The man's smile widened. Come on, that ain't true. Pretty girl on the train this time of night had to be getting into some trouble. Sally held her breath, staring at the page before her as she tried to recall which stop they were at without looking up. She couldn't wait to bail for the safety of her apartment. Eh, whatever, the man said. He'll be just fine, just needs to sleep it off. Yeah, Sally stammered, forcing a tight-lipped smile. I get it. He paused, and she knew he was watching her as she kept her eyes on the book in front of her. Then he continued, in a lower voice. You know... You'll never finish that book there if you don't turn the page. Sally laughed nervously. I'm not great at multitasking, she said. The sharp cry of the train slowing into the next station interrupted them, 
and no necktie gently shifted his friend's weight so that he now leaned against the wall. Well, this is me, he said, standing and approaching the door. Don't worry about him, miss, and get those pretty legs of yours home. Nothing good happens this time of night. As the doors slid shut behind the departing drunk, Sally found herself alone with the unconscious man, silently slumped against the window as the train continued towards its next destination. Sally's stop. Though she was glad to see the others go, she was appalled at these so-called friends for leaving the man like this. He was practically dead weight, and they abandoned him on the plastic bench like a forgotten glove. Sally wondered if she could get the operator's attention when she left the train, or if there might be security patrolling on the next platform. Suddenly, she felt responsible for this utterly creepy stranger, and imagined reading in the news the next day about a man robbed or worse after falling asleep drunk on the subway. She had almost placed her book back inside of her bag when she was hit by a sudden wave of terror. What if this man wasn't unconscious at all, and simply waited for his chance to follow her off the train? She didn't want to indicate that she was preparing to leave, and quickly considered ways she could shake him off if he followed, whether he was stumbling drunk or stone-cold sober. But her apartment was only two blocks from the station, and there was little she could do besides bursting into a sprint if the man indeed began to stalk her. At long last, the train began its gentle arc around the curve nearing the platform, and Sally planned to erupt from her seat and through the doors at the last possible second. The train seemed to be taking the curve quite swiftly, but she didn't mind. Anything to get home sooner. With the turn complete, the subway pulled into the station and came to an extremely sudden stop. Then, in one horrible moment, three things happened simultaneously. First, the doors of the train opened with a hiss, welcoming a heavy wave of stale, freezing air from the platform. Second, Sally pulled herself up from her seat, stepping towards the door as swiftly as she could. And third, the unconscious man slipped from the bench, face-planting directly in Sally's path with a sickening thud and causing her to trip, tumbling into the open doorway and dropping her book to the tracks below. Sally looked at the stranger on the floor in front of her and shrieked with utter terror. The back of his head was crusted with blood, surrounding a fresh bullet hole in the center of his skull. Moments before, Sally had locked eyes with a corpse and conversed with his killers. The man in the middle had been dead the whole time.